Welcome back to Mikey's office where my door is always open. And guess what? It's been a while. It's been a long time. Should have met you. Uh, and, you know, I want to thank everybody who's been listening and playing. Uh, the metrics continue to grow. Thank you for sharing. And you know what? If it's your first time out here in Mikey's office, uh, this is where I talk about my journey with church planting. This is where I talk about my journey with personal entrepreneurship, uh, some leadership aspects, and I hope this is helpful for you. Maybe some worldview or some perspective shifts for you, some paradigm shifts. Um, And uh, today I wanted to talk briefly about this experience I had, this conversation I had a long time ago when me and Tammy were newly married. Um, We had Abby, and while I was going to school, working, doing ministry, having this family, uh, I, I worked as a caregiver for a little bit. Some of y'all know what that is, some, some of y'all know what that's like, some of y'all are nurses right now, and uh, you know it's tough. You know, a lot of bedside care, um, you have to be on the entire time, uh, especially if it's one-on-one. Some Sometimes it could be like it could be like babysitting, but you know, uh, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, you're really uh, hands on with everything you got to do uh, for this customer, for this client. So when I was doing that, uh, one of my customers, um, he had to be over uh, like upper 80s, late 80s, and he, man, he had a crazy rap sheet. He was, he was a, he was a professional artist. He taught art. Um, in school, he was a painter. He uh, big big ups to this dude, and I miss him. He's since passed away, uh, but he uh, you know he had Parkinson, so he had the shakes. Uh, so one day, I was I was giving him his bath, right? I was I was wiping him down, and <laughs> and he looks at me. And he says, "Mike," I'm like, "Yeah," and he says, "How much are how much are, are they paying you?" And at the time, right, uh, 10, 12 years ago in Cali, minimum wage was like seven. So I I was like eight, eight an hour. He goes, hmm, eight bucks, huh? I'm like, yep, uh, it's the big bucks. And he laughs, he chuckles. He says, no, eight dollars. That's all it took. I'm like, what you mean, Harlan? He said, that's all it took for you to give up on your dream? $8 an hour? And like, I don't know if you've seen That's So Raven, <laughs> but but my, like, the, the vision went through my eye nerve and into my brain, and you can see an expanse, and like, that broke my head for as, it has to be 12 years now, because I can never forget it. He said, Mike, well, he said, Mike, $8, huh? That's all it took for you to give up on your dream? I'm like, I, well, listen, okay? Preface, sidestep. I was I was studying to be a nurse. I was getting my prereqs done. And, you know, some caregiving is good for the the resume. And, he's, and I was like, I was like, dude, this is what I want to do. I want to take care of people. I want to help people heal. And he said, he said, you, this can't be it, Mike. You're young, your kids are, your kid, your your daughter's young, your wife is young. Uh, You have all this energy, you know, to be doing all these things at one time. This can't be your dream. It can't. I refuse to believe that. And I was like, whoa, this dude is speaking truth bombs. And, you know, I, I, I finish up my shift and I just walked, I walked home. I, well, I didn't walk home. I drove home and I was like, man, just $8 a day. $8, sorry, $8 an hour is what it took. And granted, I have bills to pay. Granted, I have two other mouths to feed. Granted, I'm still going to school. I'm still paying my dues. Uh, and I thought that's what it took for me to become a very successful nurse. Now, looking back, well, fast forward, first of all, I'm not a nurse. Uh, and I applaud everyone who does that. I want to applaud every single nurse that took care of me when I was in the hospital, took care of me when I was doing home health. 
but like when when I when I think about this conversation conversation I have with this patient, I think about the all the all the time I spent in the hospital bed. It really wasn't my dream. And really, when you get into home health, you've done it all already for a nurse. You know, you just come and by, take the vitals, change the dressing, do a quick bath, go to the next one. And I respect that, and there's a place for it. But, like, as a young person, was that truly my dream? Which is crazy. Because there's a lot of other ways. You know, my sister, she's, she's, a, she's a phenomenal nurse. She crushes it every single day, every single shift, every single 12 hour, every single interaction she has. And, uh, you know, she and she did it. She got her, her feet through the door a little bit differently than me. But man, did it prepare her better than than what I was doing as a nurse. And I want to, you know, throw that out there, throw that into hopefully speak that into your life. Like is 40 G's a year. Is that what it took? Is that what it takes for you to give up on your dream? 50, 50 G's a year. Is that what it takes to, is that what it took to get, you know, give up on your dream? 60, 80, 100. Now, now when you scale it, right, I, there's plenty of people I know that make 100 G's. And some of them are happy and some of them are miserable. And if they could just take the pay cut, 80, 70, 60 G's, scale back on their spending, scale back on, on what they're throwing their money away at, then they can live off l- what they need, need, and live, like, live happily. Like, that's such an, I, I think that has to be, like, the newest conversation that we need ma- that we need to have as moving forward, me being a millennial, to Z, to Alpha, to Beta, is... What's going to make you happy? And you know what's, what's so interesting about that? When I look back at uh, my, that patient, he, he was a, a before Boomer because he was 80, 10, 12 years ago, late 80s then. So for him, quote unquote, to be one of the greatest generations to ever exist in America uh, before Boomers... And that's when corporate America was becoming the biggest security, job security that you can have. He said, eight bucks an hour is all it took for you to give on, on your dream, Mike. And so I moved on from there eventually, right? I, uh, I, I went to school. Uh, didn't pass nursing school. Of course, un- unfortunately, the only way you can be a nurse is to pass nursing school. I didn't pass. I was like, you know what? I- where do I go from here? So I spent like the whole day just reading uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, Job. These bo- these Old Testament books in the Bible known as wisdom books. And I just sought after what am I supposed to do now? And, uh, you know, ministry is what came up after spending a lot of time reading, a lot of time praying, a lot of time calling people up, people I respect, people that are older than me in, 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 uh, in their faith. And, I, you know, it just came down to that. It came down to st- starting the new journey of uh, going to Bible school, getting my degree, uh excelling in my ministry now of course church planting and uh you know it's just crazy to think that i could be doing anything like i could be doing anything else and being unhappy of course days are difficult of course there's interpersonal uh relationships that i need to help maintain and help problem solve and uh resolve conflicts of course there's bills to get paid of course there's mouths to feed of course there's staff to be paid uh but what would it be man if if i wasn't happy like there was there was this i saw this thing on 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 the tiktoks and it said this girl was like you know uh flexing uh the her trip to paris and she's like i save up all year for Paris, and uh, she grinds pretty much 
every single day to experience one week. And I respect that because that's her goal and that's what she loves. But I want to flip it to where, why can't she find what she loves to do for the remaining 51 weeks of her life, of her year, and then capstone it with a trip to Paris? Like, why can't that be the discussion? And I want that to be something that, that you start pondering within yourself and I hope it brings you somewhere that you want to be. And of course, there's a lot of risk to that. Of course, you might be somewhere in your life, in your season of life where you can't take big of a risk. But man, like, okay, let's break it down real quick. Uh, you have 24 hours. I'm bad at math. You have 24 hours in a day, eight of it sleep, at least dedicated to sleep or talk, looking at the ceiling, right? Uh, eight of it sit, uh, uh, sitting up in bed. <laughs> eight of it is working, all right? One hour of it is... Uh, let's, two full hours of, of it is devoted to eating. All right, what is that? 16, 18 hours. You come home, you put on a couple episodes of The Office or Friends or whatever. And the remaining hours, even though it might be late in the day or early in the morning if you work at night... Why can't one additional hour be devoted to reading about the thing that you want to start? Why can't it be devoted to one disciplined hour about watching YouTube and getting down as much advice and information as possible? Why can't it be one hour or at, or, or maybe a $100 subscription also to a master class? Like, why can't that be it? And then say your day off. Why can't that be 18 full hours of straight up devoting to your dream? I want that to be the conversation. And, I, and you know, sometimes you're like, Mike, I can't do it. Mike, I got too much responsibility. Mike, there's too much risk. And those things are true. There, five truths at one time can be true at the same time. It's possible. But it's also true that you deserve... You, you deserve the opportunity and the chance to be happy. And consider this, that say you put in two years of grinding in that way. And, and I know that sounds like a lot. You put two years aside to grinding in that way. Well, by that time, you would have read uh, nearly 100 books. You would have spent uh, nearly 300 hours on your master class. You would have uh, maybe published a book or authored one. You would have cr uh, made content to where you can be, where you shared your struggle and shared your victories. All of those other things. Because we want, right, typically, right, we want the ROI, the return on investment immediately. Where I quit the job so that I deserve to be successful in my dream. Well, that's not necessarily how it works. I know that. You know that. But the ROI does come, just not as quickly as our anxiety might demand it to be. Because if it was, then, you know, it wouldn't be a dream. And, uh, you know, one, <laughs> one of the most gut-wrenching things that I experienced in the hospital was I would have these vivid, like, lucid dreams of fear, of dying, of... Uh, of uh, being abandoned. Uh, some of them happy. Some of my dreams were happy. Some of them were very were, were nightmarish. However, when I re what I realized when I couldn't walk, number one, when I couldn't speak, number two, when I couldn't breathe, number three, when I couldn't move, number four, was that if I didn't have something to chase. I might as well just be stuck in this bed. Now, when I say that, of course, you know, you gotta kinda, kinda get into my mind. When I don't have goals, when I don't have ambitions, when I don't have dreams, when I don't have purpose, I might as well just be laying in that bed. Somebody else wiping me down. Uh, somebody else gotta feed me. Somebody gotta change my trach. Somebody gotta give me O2 because I, I can't breathe in it enough myself. 
I might as well just be there. And that's like the gut-wrenching truth. And then, you know, I want to switch it real quick. Um, I, I had another I had another client when I was a caregiver. Oh, she had to be early 90s. So sweet. Um, she was just too old to do anything. And her, her family wasn't around. So uh, one day when I was cooking her some meals, when I was helping her meal prep for a couple days until I see her again, um, got her vitals down. Um, she had a couple of, uh, of family members fly in out of state uh, to come see her. And I happened to be there taking care of her. So I met her. Well, I know her. Um, I met a... Uh, I met a... What do you call it? Well, for the sake of the conversation, uh, I met her niece, uh, which was, she had to be 70. Her niece had brought uh, one of her children, and they brought their kids. So there's three, four generations in this home, and... um, Granted, those aren't her children because her children were out of state as well. But they came out to visit her for a couple days and it was amazing to see what this woman had done to impact this niece's life. This late in the game, this late in her niece's life, she had to be 70, um, 60, 70 years old. And it just trickled down from there. It was amazing to watch multi-generational family be together and as difficult as difficult as it may say it you know they didn't ask uh how are the stocks (laughs) you know great aunt sally like how's you know what did you oh you you uh uh i think she was a um i think she was a a phone operator. You know them people that like switch. Hey, operator, can you get me uh, 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 this building? Sure. And they take unplug and plug it in somewhere else. Like that's one of the things that she did. And they didn't ask her like, oh, what do you think of the state of Verizon is? <laughs> they asked her about, they, they, they talked about the time that they spent together. Of course, mutuality is good. But that what, what meant and spoke to her life was that she is happy in her old age and she was happy in her young age. And it, I think it's amazing. I think it, it's a, it can be a sign of redemption that, uh, you know, especially for people who might be down and out, who might be outcast, you know, seeking, seeking and discovering what you are built to do on this earth is, is super meaningful. And, you know, Having that, you know, pour that into a bowl like cereal, pour in how is that going to be lucrative and make money into the bowl, pour in, you know, how is it going to provide, pour in how is it going to be build generational wealth, pour in all those things, right? Those are good questions to ask. Those are good details to be able to identify and satisfy in the midst of you living your dream. But I'm got I got to tell you, man, that, man, when, when I couldn't walk, and then I couldn't speak because the thing was down my throat through my vocal cords. Uh, and I, all I could do was whisper. Um, I, I was, I was I, in gaming, you call it a, a simplified game state. You know, you might have swords or guns or first person or magic or whatever at, the, at your disposal. But then once it's just once you run out of mana, run out of magic power, run out of power points, run out of all these things. And all it is is a simplified game state. It really it really you really see who you are and what you're made out of. I remember waking up. And looking up at the nurses who were trying to take care of me, trying to talk to me, trying to teach me how to talk, teach me how to swallow food, how to swallow liquids, how to um, how to move my arm. My arm, my left arm and my left leg were dead. They wouldn't move um, because of the muscle atrophy and the nerve damage that had happened. Uh, 
I, you know, they kept saying, Mike, you're a fighter. And I was like, what does that mean? Mike, you're, you're a fighter. You're a fighter. You're a fighter. And I'm sure that's inspiring in some way if you were to make a movie out of this. But I didn't understand what that meant. Because all I knew was to fight. All I knew was to, to keep living and keep pushing. And, that, and then, in that way, when my mind began to gain clarity, I realized that's who I was. If, if I was stripped of everything, one, I believe in Jesus, two, I'm a fighter. Not a boxer or anything like that, but I will persevere through this life. That is a, that is a God-given gift that I've been given. And I think it's, it's, it can be difficult for the rest of us to find that purpose, that, that simplified who we are in that simplified game state when, you run, when your parents aren't there, when the money isn't there, when the trust fund isn't there, when your credit, credit score isn't there, and all of a sudden you're left outside in the rain, who will you be? I was talking to Tandy last night and she told me about how sometimes and I'm sure she was being very generous. I'm sure she meant all the time. <laughs> where I can be strong-willed, uh, i.e. stubborn. And instead of me, instead of us co- going somewhere together, I can be, I'm pulling her to where I'm headed. And I guess that stubbornness is where, <laughs> is, is where that kicks in in different aspects of my life. But I, I want to encourage you, you, you got to find it, whether it's raising your children now, whether it's like, and it's okay that, I mean, it's an amazing thing if you're able to accomplish your dream. Say your dream is to raise your kids and you, you see them through from, you know, beginning to adulthood or even midway to adulthood and that brings joy to your life, then Awesome. Because the great thing about kids is they eventually go to an eight-hour-a-day school. And that's where you can hustle and grind and make things, prepare things for while you're there in this season to make some money. While you're living your dream, which is raising your kids one-on-one. And then preparing for the next phase of your life when your kid actually goes to college. When they actually get their own job. When they start paying for their own gas. When they hopefully, well, you will let them pay for their own phone bill. Let them pay for their own car notes. Let them pay for their own car insurance. And you've lived your dream. Like, awesome. Guess what? I'm I'm 33 now. I mean, unless God says otherwise... Medicine will allow us to be able to live to 90, no problem. So if, you know, COVID hasn't knocked off a big chunk of my own life and I'm not stupid and reckless and walk in front of a bus or jump off a cliff, then I should be able to live to 90. So now I have 60 more years to discover who I am when I'm 40, 50, and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 and maybe have a different dream every single year or maybe have the same one throughout my life. I hope that gives you perspective that man, two years out of 60 is not a bad trade to discover a way to make that one dream be able to satisfy all of your needs, especially your need for happiness. And, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't end and wrap up this podcast without the fact that I would not have found my dream or I wouldn't have found my purpose or I wouldn't have found my peace or I wouldn't have been able to find my salvation from myself, from the evils of this world without knowing, find, finding, knowing and believing in Jesus. And of course, if you're new to Mikey's office, where my door is always open, come on now, feel free to find me at Michael McGlocky on Instagram. DM me any questions. I did a, um, I did a question, a Q&A with y'all um, when I was big on the, on the pod, on the show, and it, it had really good feedback, and I'd love to bring that back, and I'd love to come alongside you, and I'm sure our listeners and our other uh Uh, Our other members of our audience would love to hear about 
each other and represent each other through these questions. So please DM me, ask a question specific or as general as you want. Um, if it's uh, if it's uh, a consult consultation that you need, I'd be happy to talk about something like that, where I'd be able to come alongside you regularly. And uh, but you know, support the show, support the podcast, share it if it brought value to you in your life, then share it. I'm sure there's more people in your life. Uh, or in your circle, that would, that is dying for something uh, to speak in, speak life into them. So as always, uh, this is Mikey's office. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see y'all next time. Bye. And welcome to Mikey's office, where my door is always open. This is your boy, uh, Pastor Mike, aka the Rev, aka Reverend. No, I'm kidding. Uh, although I can't go by those names. I do want to thank you for tuning in. As always, that always means a lot. You know, doing this grind stuff is tough. And uh, and it's all, once we begin build as creators, we once we start building a, an audience, once we start building a community around our content, it's such a big encouragement to see people support, see people interact, participate. So thank you for... Just even clicking on this show on your daily commute while you're putting something up, while you're washing dishes, whatever you're doing. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I got another group of a set of questions that I wanted to address, but uh, one of them I most particularly wanted to uh, answer was uh, one of one of one of our listeners asked, "Mike, what are you even doing right now?" <laughs> you 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 know, uh, last episode we talked about how I'm you know my personal entrepreneurship, I'm in ministry. So how do I balance all those things? Well, you know, number one, uh, I I really don't know how to answer that because that's just how my brain works. I wish I was what's the word. A neurotypical like I wish I was just flushed in with all y'all I wish I just I wish the world made sense to me but I can only interpret it the way my brain will allow me to my personality will allow me to so that's kind of how I do it it's like I have no other option to, to, to but to make these things happen uh, so ministry rise I'm super pumped because our church new day 416 church is meeting in our new venue. We as a church have moved around, moved around a lot, um, not not by choice, but because of COVID, and uh, well, that's a big big thing right there. Reason why, um, uh, you know, sometimes you just outgrow a space. Um, sometimes the the host space, the venue, um, our interpersonal inter, you know, our our. The way we work together, our views or our values sometimes just don't line up with, um, with our actions. So uh, sometimes we just gotta scoop out of there. So as a, as a small church, as a church plant, we did the church in a parking lot thing. Like literally, Pastor Dustin has done such a great job at uh, at leading. I think he is one of the most called people to lead ever on this planet. Um, especially in the church setting. He loves people. He loves, uh, you know, he, he, he loves the vision that, that he casts. He believes in it. Uh, he believes Jesus. He believes in, uh, you know, the, the values, the core values of the scriptures. He believes in, uh, uh, you know, uh, how would you say it? Well, I'm going to say it. Uh, exegesis, which is the art and science of biblical interpretation. He believes in hermeneutics. Uh, he believes in, uh, you know, like everything that's appropriate that God says that if you follow, like follow the law and I will make you prosperous, just like he says in Joshua. However, that doesn't necessarily mean I will make you successful in terms of money all the time, in terms of being happy all the time. We know that the promise, uh, a promise, the promise comes with problems and the way you face them and and your character and your ethics towards moving past those problems into the promise uh pastor dustin does an excellent job of doing that uh 
So in ministry-wise, church planting is going well. We started at the Y, uh, the YMCA in shirts. Um, it's pretty much the best case scenario because we have the facility, the this the rental space at the facility um, to uh, at our fingertips, and there being such great hosts and team players and. Um, being very hospitable, so I I often pray, just like Jesus said, whenever you go into a house that opens this door to you, pray, peace be with this house, and I pray the same for uh, the YMCA. But we're meeting there in Church, Texas. It'll be our fourth Sunday there. Um, we opened with 103 in attendance, and that's the most we've, we finally broke the three-digit um, landmark, uh, we're averaging about 70, which by the way, when we first opened, when we were nobodies, you know, we have a core group of, of about 24, I think at the time. And then we, 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 we grand opened, we, we hard launched with, uh, I think it was 83 pastor Dustin. If you remember that, uh, uh, rejoice with me. Uh, but, uh, 103 was something to celebrate and we're averaging now, nearly the highest point of our first opening at the the, the movie theater, which wasn't a bad gig because at the movie theater, first of all, it's AC'd. It's never, you're never fighting the AC to stay on. Uh, the projector is a high-end projector already built in. We had 5.3 surround sound and preaching and worship, which was amazing. We didn't have to set up chairs or set up anything because the chairs were there. They actually reclined because it was at Santico's, which is kind of like a like an Evo kind of arcade bowling type of theater thing, entertainment place. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, bef before or after church, you can literally go get a refillable icy if you wanted, which reminds me, oh man, brother, you know who you are, I. Right? But after setup, this brother would go get a large popcorn and a soda or an icy, sit down, enjoy church, crunching on. I mean, he'd be polite, but but this dude crunching on ice, on popcorn and, and ices was probably the highlight of my day to see, oh, did, what did he get? <laughs> he got the pizza this time. Uh, brother, you know who you are. And it was, it was so awesome. And that's such a funny dynamic because it was like something that a lot of people were excited to check out. And once they checked, once the foot traffic came in, they saw that the worship service was amazing. Uh, our team, like our worship team, bro, like being three years in genuinely has evolved into something that sounds like nothing else. Like you might say that, uh, you know, you might compare one comedian to another and they, they can either be very extreme against one another. One could be like dark comedy or one could be uh, like a lot of crowd work. But but when you cut down to like how, how the average comedian is, they're pretty much standing next to, next to each other in terms of style, in terms of tempo, um, in terms of uh, uh, topics. So that can, that typically happens with a lot of church bands. And I'm really proud to be able to say that we are up there in terms of talent, in terms of passion, in terms of sound quality. And um, I'm just proud of every instrumentalist, every vocalist, every tech person. Like, we're making it happen. Uh, they're making it happen. And I just want to lift them up and elevate them because, man, oh, man. So back, back to what I was saying, when people would come into the church, uh, go into the theater, the worship set was on point, And then Pastor Dustin's preaching is on point. Of course, it has evolved and changed and grown over the over time. And he's done such a great job at disciplining himself to be able to find to find his tone, to be able to find his tempo, to be able to find his style, uh, to be able to find his voice, to be able to um, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, extract the meaning of Scripture, being able to apply that into the lives of the people listening. And uh, it's such an amazing thing to watch. Um, so now we're meeting at the Y. You know, we're, we are there developmentally. Our, our uh, great team is so hospitable. They're so great at welcoming our people, welcoming anybody who comes in. Uh, the, uh, 
the New Day Kids is so good at making parents, having parents, or comforting parents, enforcing their safe, like that their student, their kids are safe, and uh, comforting them, knowing that uh, we are leading leading them towards the path of Jesus. Um, and it, it it goes without saying that we have just we have caring people who absolutely love uh, uh, dis- making disciples. That's pretty much what it is across the board. So that's how it is in terms of ministry. That that's how it is in terms of church planting. So New Day Church, New Day Four Sixteen dot Church. If you have any questions or if you've been watching the live videos, you know exactly how to reach us. Email us at staff at New Day Four Sixteen dot Church. Of course, we'd love to connect with you. And then in terms of like personal entrepreneurship, my newest endeavor, my previous one was like, of course, collecting ads and, and getting this show sponsored and stuff like that. And, and uh, I don't have the uh, stamina or capacity or the uh, mental finesse to be able to do that as effectively as I want anymore. And I'll, I'll definitely admit that. And there's def and I'm sure there are companies and brands that just completely line up with what we're doing as a as a podcast, but I haven't bumped into them yet. But I'm eagerly waiting and I'm ready to <laughs> ready to talk to them. But right now, in terms of the chase, uh, it is not present. It is not uh, fully. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not able to do it right now. Obviously, you can tell I'm stuttering a lot. Um, I'm. Hunting for words a lot, and that 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 definitely contributes to why I am limited in terms of chasing the big fish. But right now, I gotta let y'all know that my my newest entrepreneurial endeavor is vending machines. All right, I'm I'm not doing it just because the TikTok told me to. All right, I'm not doing it because of that. I didn't pick up the TikTok yoga pants. All right. But I am doing vending machines because the scale is easy and well, well, the burden is light, but the scale is super easy to build. Uh, I love boring businesses. Those are my favorite kind of businesses. Uh, you might have seen some of them like vending machines is one. Uh, of course, real estate investing is another. Um, and then uh, car washes are another. And then uh, 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 washing wa- laundromats are another. So boarding businesses like that, that you're able to scale, that you're able to do all the work in one or two business days um, a week is really nice. Uh, it's really cool because like vending machines is not earned income. Uh, so tax o- taxing on it is very different versus earned income. If you work in the tax office or if you know about money stuffs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not exactly a passive income unless you're investing in it, uh, which uh, I am the investor and the owner. So, you know, it's it's it, it's cash flow in some, but right now it's going to do, do more so when it when it scales up. Uh, so my vending machine company is called 5.3, so 5.3 Vending LLC. I did get my LLC. If, uh, maybe I'll do another video on like the – or I will do a video on Instagram or maybe just walk y'all through it on the show. But just to get the highlight of what I'm doing, uh, <clears throat> I do I do own the business. It's not just some business that I do and track like, like you would uh, Uber or DoorDash. It is uh, – an entity in Texas, 5-3 vending. I got that from Matthew 5, uh, verse 3. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. Boom, vending machine. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving it. It's so, it's, it, 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 it tickles the itch, you know what I'm saying, for me to do something. But then like when I get tired, I can be like, okay, well, it's enough so I can do it tomorrow. Uh, not to postpone it, but to say that my body is tired. I've hit my limit. Time is on my side for this business so I can do the rest of my tasks tomorrow, bundle it, time bundle better. Uh, so it's been so good. Um, uh, right now, uh, the business is worth, I think it's worth 10 G's already if I were to sell it. Which, by the way, I started with nothing, all right? Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, being able to find vending machines 
to purchase and tow and locate or put on put on location versus buying on a that already has a spot has a location i just continue on with uh with the maintenance of that machine and those tend to be easier for me because one i don't have a truck two i sell i sold my second car to make this business happen um you know you got to be willing to make the sacrifices you got to sit sit down with your wife your your life partner and be like hey this is what i'm doing this is what i'm up to um can we can we struggle can we like can we get through a couple of months without two cars can i can i personally be able to make do this business with one family car only and you know the the broke way to say is well well uh no you know the once a week you need the car by yourself and twice so well you know what i'm going to do it when we both have access to the car. when 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 neither of us need the car that's when i'll do the vending machine stuff you know you got to make the sacrifices you got to you you got to you got to be able to walk five city blocks or whatever or get get down five city blocks to make things happen that's just how it is if you want something to grow you just got to be willing to sacrifice um and you need to be partnered with someone who will sacrifice with you uh, for on the short on the short term for the long term. You know what I'm saying? So five three vending, man, I'm da 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 I'm loving it. It's so fun. Uh I get to meet a need that people have. Um I'm 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 not I mean I'm not gonna turn away any cash flow that happens from it. So and it allows me to scale even more. So right now the vending machine game, like I've been able to uh, uh, shadow a couple of people who do it, and it's been really fun. Like it's it, it's it's the extra things, right? So what comes to mind is you know say you have a a vending machine at a location, say it's at a in a business office, all right, and it's for the people. Well, you just ask them, you know, what's your favorite kind of snack? What's something you wish you had here? That I you can't buy or you can't get your hands on, a flavor, a kind of chip, a kind of candy, um, and would would you be willing to pay the extra dollar it costs for you to have it at your disposal, um, at your you know at your leisure? And and if the answer is yes for this thing and it's reasonable to grab it to pick it up and stock the machine with, then you do it. And guess what? They're there every single day. So you're guaranteed, say it's a company, it's an office of at least 20 people, and they all get lunch break, and they all get to have a break, uh, then you're going to have customers every single day. You have to restock once or at, you know, at at max two, three times a week to make sure that they're happy, they have their snack, Um, because typically for offices, they're not going to... If their particular snack is not there, they're not going to f- pick something else. They'd rather drive somewhere to get what they want. So if I, if, I, if I stay up on it, then there you go. And also, one of my favorite things that I've been doing right now is looking for, like, um, I mean, I got, I got a no from the, from the kids' museum. But, like, urban, I don't know if you about, know about, like, trampoline places, but Urban Air, uh, Rush, um other 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 jump places or uh not amusement parks what do you call those gyms i don't know for kids uh but uh my biggest thing is i want to put in toy fidget uh pokemon card yugimon card uh digi whatever in those vending machines and uh and as a as a gift, as leverage, parents are able to say, "Hey, if you're good, you get you can get one or two packs." And you know the upcharge isn't too bad, because typically um, I'll get a uh, I won't stock every single pack in there at once, um, but like it's the scale is, is it, that that part is really fun because it's like you know uh, parents get to enjoy. Uh, the interest, <laughs> the possibility of good behaved kids. Kids get to enjoy the rewards of behaving well. Uh, they get to leave with something actually in hand rather than just stanky socks <laughs> that you got to buy $8 for one pair just to have them grippy. 
uh, I don't know, it's been one of my funnest ideas on how to be creative with these kinds of, um, with these kinds of uh, vending machines. Another kind of vending machine idea, if, if you've ever thought about it, is being on a school campus. Um, so most high schools have vending machines. All uh, community colleges have vending machines. And depending on your proposal, your business proposal, whether if you want to have a one, two, three, four, five year contract there, or how many uh, um, machines you'll have on campus and where they're located, uh, you know, will depend on uh, how much business you'll be able to do on that campus. But being able to do that and have yours stick out compared to the other guys, other Coca-Cola things, other um, energy drink ones, any snack chips ones, any chocolate bar ones, any canned soda ones, any canned bo uh, bo bottle soda ones. Like those, like being able to compete against them is really fun. And really the customer decides whether you're going to be there or not. Because if you're not pulling many customers in one week, then you know that that's a dead spot. Dead spot or... Your snack has to your snack game has to change up, and by the way, which I've really, what I've discovered is that you need to find out whether or not your uh, your products can be uh, resold. So I can't res I can't sell, for example, I can't sell uh, Red Bulls. You don't see Red Bulls in any uh, vending machines because they require their their Red Bull distributor to restock Red Bull sponsored machines. And they don't have many of those. So you gotta be able, to, that's why you see monsters, that's why you see other ones. So you gotta be ready to be able to say, okay, there's there's no's already. But uh, you can usually compensate that with saying that you can provide a service, you can provide a competitive, uh, a competitive means for their products to be sold in your vending machine. So, uh, you know, you just got to be aware and be careful about how you spend your time, uh, what you outsource. Uh, don't spend too much money at one time. Don't go out and get yourself a nice truck yet. Like, you don't need to do that. Um, a couple of the time, what I've seen is people rent U-Hauls since it's just around the town uh, to be able to U-Hauls plus trailer hat hitch uh, plus... Uh, a pallet jack to be able to move the things around and it's completely scalable I mean eventually you'll be spending more money on that especially have more if you have more business uh, having to carry or store vending machines but at the first at the front end you know if you get one location if you get two if you get five you're doing really good in the first couple months of your uh, vending machine career. And um, some vending machine companies, small mom and pop companies will sell their locations plus vending machines on those locations uh, for, for a fair price, considering that it already is generating business and all you, all you have to do is do the maintenance. And one of my favorite things to do actually when I was shadowing was taking care of the machine, making sure that there's no jams, Making sure that the the money reader is 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 working, uh, making sure that you can clear and uh, um, um, work on the the card reader, which by the way, if you can put up the extra money to get the card reader, either to put it in yourself or have it built into the machine, um, the likelihood of you having that or the likelihood of customers buying from your um, machine goes up thirty percent. Which is amazing. Think about if you have 10, right, uh, customers a day. It goes up 30%. That's another, that's 13. And that's just, that's just more, more foot traffic at the end of the week when you have to restock. So uh, that's just what I've been up to, man. Like being able to pull out lines of credit, being able to be reputable in the community being able to be recognized by other business people. Like, it's been so fun. And uh, um, to, to, to know that I'm feeding people <laughs> that need it, that uh, that want it, that, that want to, you know, that's one of the greatest things about, like, being a parent is, hey, Dad, can I, oh, I'm hungry, can I get, can we go to the vending machine? 
like say you're walking at a at an outside mall or something like that like that's like super fun to do as a parent now as the now as the like the a to b right i get to finally be the one who provides that for a family um so i hope that that encourages you in terms of like what i've been up to and you just staying a part of like the journey that we're a part of but i hope that encourages you to know to 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 pursue something that you really enjoy um and you know what some some of y'all might be like mike i don't really need fixing like i'm happy where i'm at then awesome i i salute you i applaud you but i'm going to guarantee that somebody in your circle is like really pressed against the wall having to make you know real adulting decisions and it's like it's like now or never or or I won't ever or something like that and I hope that you share this content with them uh hopefully it'll be life-changing for them hopefully it'll direct their paths hopefully uh they'll make they'll meet Jesus hopefully you know all of the above uh but that's what we're that's what we're about that's what we're doing and as always I thank you for stopping by Mikey's office uh, the door is always open. And actually, a couple of y'all asked, why do I do that? It's because, you know, as a pastor, um, and especially as, like, a sub when I did long-term subbing once, uh, I had to have, like, office hours. I had to be present in my office. So, I mean, pastor's office is always is weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. So I'm going to call it Mikey's office. And people, my, we're, and my uh, that's what I'd say just naturally, like, behind the pulpit or to my students. The door's always open, you know? So that's why I call it Mikey's office. And then a couple of y'all asked me, why do I have that love thing um, picture uh, as my thing? Well, I was going to uh, downtown and uh, I saw this graffiti like in the middle of of town and, it, and pe- somebody just wrote love all over it. And I thought it was amazing because the... the, 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 the the structure wasn't holding anything up. It was like a broken down pillar. But we can all agree that love is definitely the a universal pillar that holds the roof up over our heads, that holds the building, the weight of the building. Um, So whatever you want to apply that metaphor to in your life, that is exactly why I wanted to use it. But that is the end of this episode. I appreciate you listening and tuning in uh, and keeping up with um, our lives. I um, Also, what I'm really excited about is Malachi and Abby are starting to create content um, on YouTube Kids. And Tandy's starting to create content and get her uh, shop moving. So, um, you know, big things popping, little things stopping. So thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time. Bye.